Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. We are going to head off to the River Cree Resort Casino hotline. Same number, 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort Casino excitement bet on it is uh, we are joined by our headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We welcome back to the show former Edmonton Oilers player, coach, and the current head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears, Ian Herbers. Hi, Ian. How are you doing? Uh, good, Bob. Thank you. Just enjoying the weather here in Red Deer. You're in Red Deer. Now, let me out. One of the themes, uh, one of the themes for today's show is favorite summer songs. Now, I, I don't, you know, you've got a little bit different musical taste than I do. Uh, do, you, do you have, when you think of summer, is there a song or two that uh, comes into your mind? Uh, not really. Uh, no, not really. More of a countryside, though, and something would be a little bit lighter, a little bit funner. Yeah. Uh, obviously, something that has a catch, catchy tune. Yeah. Just think of all the cowboy hat stampede going on and K-Days and all those kind of things. Now, you spent a lot of years. How long were you down in the United States for? Oh, yeah. Uh, probably about 12, 13 years. Yeah. Maybe did a little longer, 15 years. Did you become a bigger country fan when you were down in the States? Or were you already one when you were playing in the Western Hockey League? I was one when I played in the Western Hockey League. A little bit of mix. I like a little bit of everything. But obviously, being affiliated with Nashville for three years, uh, we got to go down to the summer development camp and then also, uh, obviously, for rookie camp and main camp. So I had a lot of time to catch some. Saw some Alan Jackson. Uh, got to meet the, his uh, mo- or video producer. Uh, he played hockey. He played rec hockey. So a great person. So I had a chance to catch a number of shows. I actually saw you two there. Um, so it probably just broadened my country country perspective. Uh, there you go. All right. So uh, what are you doing in Red Deer? Uh, Hockey Alberta's HP1 coach mentor this week. So I have nine uh, young coaches under me and just trying to help them get better. Yeah. Uh, how, like, there wasn't this sort of st- stuff for you, was there, 20, 25 years ago when you first got into coaching? No, no, there was, back then it was the Advance 1 and Advance 2, and there was no mentorship like there is now that Hockey Alberta runs. Uh, so it's well, it's good for me to be in a coach that's been around for a while. It gets me thinking about hockey. I've brought, thought of a bunch of different things I might bring back to the Bears, so it keeps me keeps me in the groove. It keeps me thinking about the game, keeps getting me better at the game, but also at the same time being able to help out these young coaches and share the experiences that I've gone through, all the different levels that I've been able to play at, 
Barrett and, and Cotet. Former Edmonton Oilers player and uh, assistant coach Ian Herbert's the head coach at the University of Alberta. Ian, you guys uh, made it to the national championship final. Uh, after a pretty dominating first couple games, you beat Acadia 7 0. Uh, was it St. FX that you beat 7 3? I'm just trying to recall. Yeah, St. FX second game. Yeah, you won that one 7 3. So then you get UQTR. You're up 4 2. Couldn't get the fifth goal. Had multiple odd man breaks. Outshot him 70 40. Lost 5 4 in double overtime. Does it still sting a little bit? It stinks, but I thought we did things the right way. The biggest takeaways for me. As uh, we gave up a goal after we scored a goal, so we kept going ahead by a couple, and then give up a softer goal, a, a mental mistake or a mistake system-wise. Uh, and then after that, we just, as you said, we couldn't get that fifth goal. Their goalie all of a sudden uh, set up a wall. We hit some posts, some crossbars. We had our two-on-ones, our breakaways. Uh, we missed some empty nets. Uh, and just weren't able to capitalize. And that's a good learning process for our guys. we got to bear down and bury teams and not let them back in the game, give them that opportunity to get back in the game. Uh, so I was very pleased. Uh, like I was telling you before, we had we had 15 players that had never played at Canada West and where we started the season and from where we finished. And then the style we played in overtime going to play to win. Uh, very pleased and happy with the game. Uh, that's what I, you know. I, I'm a big believer in coaches that coach to score the next goal, right? As opposed to coaches that uh, try to stop the next goal from being scored. All right, uh, we know the story with Noah Phillip. Uh, he's signed with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I will tell you that in development camp, I mean, he, he's got an advantage because he's older than several of the other kids. But he did look like a minimum amongst boys. I mean, he's a big guy, six foot three, two hundred pound right shot. Uh, I know you played him at at. at at right wing, um, the orders do not have currently a right-handed shooting centerman as a prospect in the entire organization. Could he, as a guy that's coached in the American Hockey League yourself, as a head coach in Milwaukee for Nashville, is it out of the realm of possibility that he could end up in center down in Bakersfield? Yes, just with his commitment and dedication that he's shown over the last two years, the extra work he was doing while he was with the Bears. But the big thing in the summertime, just the dedication and the passion he has working for his game and improving his game and and trying to work on the areas of his game that needs that improvement. I thought it was a good experience for him when he came back to play wing. It gives him a little bit more versatility. Uh, You get a chance to understand the game a little bit better, playing different positions. Uh, And if he ever has to pop to the right side and he'd be comfortable on the offside as well, uh, it makes him a better, well-rounded player. So, no, he keeps getting bigger, stronger, faster, keeps working at his game, very coachable, wants to learn, wants to be pushed, wants to be challenged. Uh, So I have a lot of time for Noah. All right, so when you were in Nashville uh, with that organization, if they had a guy like Noah and they didn't have a right-shot center, would you just instinctively know, i got to play this guy at center because he's a signed prospect for us and he has a chance to fill a gap? Or how much latitude were you given in that regard from a coaching perspective? Well, i definitely give him the opportunity to start and see where he's at and keep working with him and, uh, and, and you know keep uh, developing him, help him get that game uh, up the middle, bring in other people that maybe can help, getting some video from the NHL level so you can see some of the top NHL centermen and see what they're doing. So just finding different ways to keep helping him improving his game. All right, so you lost uh, Noah, Noah Phillip, who was you know your best offensive player in the second half of the season. Uh, Clayton Kirichenko was your captain. Uh, he's not going to be back. And Grayson Polichuk, who impressed a couple of years ago before we got shut down for the pandemic, a fleet-footed winger, he has just signed as well over in Europe? 
last I talked to him last weekend, he had signed in a Division Two Swedish team. I can't remember the program, uh, but seems to be very happy. He's also had now recently a couple American League teams stepping up too, so he might be switching to an American League deal. Usually they have an opt-out. All right, uh, you mentioned you got 15 guys that were new to the program. How many of them do you expect back for this upcoming season? Uh, 14. Gary Hayden's decided he wants to go play over in Europe, just loves the game. Uh, the academic side wasn't for him. He works in the summertime with an electrician, so he's getting his hours, and when he's done playing hockey, he wants to become an electrician. So U of A wasn't the right spot for him academically. Um, he was upfront, honest, great to have him for the year, enjoyed him immensely, and we wish him all the best. All right, so there you have it on that front. Uh, how's recruiting going right now, Ian? Uh, it's been really good. Just, just now we're kind of in that waiting and holding pattern because most of the players that have committed and have registered to school have gone to development camps. Uh, so right now just they're in the process of negotiating contracts to so see if they get the opportunity they want or they're coming to join us in our program and keep getting better. Do you have any confirmations at this stage? Uh, Ethan Kruger, uh, goaltender from Sherwood Park, uh, Jake and Smallwood. Um, all brothers that were at Edmonton Oilers development camp. I'm not. I haven't talked to them recently, so I'm not sure how it went for them and what their uh, what's happening with them, their situation. So a few other players as well that are are still looking and talking to teams. So we'll find out here in September usually. All right. Uh, there's great expectations with that program. Does that put increased pressure on the players? Uh, no, I think that's a big reason why they come to the program. They know they're going to get help develop. Uh, they're going to get the opportunities. They're going to get the exposure. Uh, they want to play for national titles. They want to do well. They want to get better. They want to get the opportunities, like I said. Um, so they know coming in, and that's part of the excitement um, about coming to the Bears program. And then, right now, but, it, yeah. and then on top of it, a great education at the U of A. Yeah. How, how dramatic, like what percentage of your uh, guys last season, Ian, do you think, you know, I've got an 18-year-old daughter that was in her first year at the U of A this year. She did it entirely online. What percent of your, pl- of your players do you think did their uh, school in class? Um, maybe not all their classes, but I'd say over 50% of their classes were actually in class. Um, I, I, my Pac-300 class, the hockey coaching class, we did a little bit the first month online, and then the remainder of it was in classroom. So I think at least over 50% would have been in classroom. Yeah. And, uh, so they're shooting for this year 100%. So They're shooting for 100% back in class. We're joined by Ian Herbers right now. Was it dramatically different over the course of the last year, given the split? I mean, the year before, basically everything was done online. And I'm just wondering how you know unique given it. I mean, you guys didn't even end up playing during the course of the uh, 2021 season. But how, how unique of a situation do you think that was for your student-athletes? Uh, well, I, I know they enjoy the classroom a lot more. Uh, it's hard for them. They miss the interaction with their, their classmates, or their, their teammates at practices and that. So when we had the opportunity to get together uh, in small groups on the ice, they love being back at the rink, love working on their game, uh, getting better at their skills and, uh, in different areas of the game. And then when we were able to get finally bigger groups together, you could just see them when they were coming to the rink early in the morning because we had those 7.30 practices, big smile on their face, joking around. And when they were leaving the rink, that big smile and joke around. So just that opportunity for them to get together and be around other people and especially the teammates. Uh, Ian, you had a unique 
unique uh, experience and perhaps a window into Jay Woodcroft uh, because you were on the staff with Todd McClellan when Jay was an assistant coach. Were you surprised at the success the team had with them? Uh, they went 26-9-3 and in the final 38 games. That's a 724 points percentage. Uh, under Dave Tippett, who's a good coach, uh, the Oilers had a 557 uh, points percentage. Edmonton was 18th in the league at that time. The Oilers had the second best uh, points percentage in the NHL under Jay Woodcroft. Uh, their goal differential was second in the league at plus 40 during that stretch. They were fifth in uh, goals for, fifth in goals against per game. Uh, and, and you know what? Their special teams, uh, the power play actually dropped a bit. Um, it was ninth after being second when Dave Tippett was relieved of his duty, but the penalty killing dramatically improved from 24th to 8th under Woodcroft. Are you surprised by sort of you worked with Jay, the, the progressive step that the organization took under him? Not at all. It was an ideal situation for him because he knew all the players. Obviously, Connor and Leon and Darnell, the guys that had been there before when he was assistant. But then he worked with all the young players in Bakersfield and was able to help groom those guys to get them ready for the National Hockey League. He knew all the staff from medical to trainers and everybody else. Um, so for me, it's that's a perfect transition time to be able to come into a situation like that. And then just with his work ethic and his preparation and his passion for the game, uh, the communication skills, and then caring about the people and wanting all his players, all his staff, everybody doing well and, and the importance of family. And um, So not surprised at all. And one final one for you, and it's, it's usually your rival, though it wasn't ultimately this year. You talked about how far your team went as the season went on. Early in the season, and a night in which Ken Holland went to watch the Alberta Golden Bears play the Saskatchewan Huskies, you guys hosted them for a pair of games. Now, this was a non-conference play. You didn't have Noah Phillip. You just lost a couple other bigger bodies. Uh, one of them, Luke Smith, you ended up getting back. Uh, but they took it to you pretty good. They beat you 5-1 that night. Um, uh, Mike, Mike had him buzzing, that's for sure. And they were playing like it was the Canada West Finals where we were still in our preseason prep and trying to figure things out. And the big difference in that game was we were 0 for 8 on the power play that night. <laughs> so that, when we played them in January, we worked hard in that in January for those three weeks. And we were 3 for 3 the first period and ended up sweeping them the weekend in Saskatchewan. In so conference play. Difference. In, in yeah. conference play. Were you surprised? Like, I was surprised they didn't at least make it to the, you know, the Canada West Final Four. Well, that was my prep, was waiting for them in the semifinals. So I've had all my work, all our video was all done. Uh, and we were all set. I was just going to add the last couple of clips in and a couple of statements in our, in our pre-scouts. Uh, and then quickly had to change it Sunday night after they got beat out by Calgary. So tell me this, is he back in Saskatchewan? Do we know? Uh, I don't know officially. I haven't had a chance. We've had a couple of coaches meeting this summer. Uh, his associate coach from last year has been involved in those, all those, so I haven't had a chance to talk or see Mike. Wow. Well, and I, I, I do think there's going to come a time where Mike's going to get a chance to re-engage in the National Hockey League. Uh, the guy, historically speaking, has been a pretty good coach. Ian, great stuff. Thank you for taking time to uh, join us here in Oilers now and uh, uh, enjoy that Hockey Alberta experience in Red Deer. Thanks, Bob. Always a pleasure. You bet. That is Ian Herbers, who... Uh, Played in the Western Hockey League. Uh, he uh, was a member of the Swift Current Bronco, the Lethbridge Broncos, Swift Current Broncos, hard-nosed, tough defenseman. And uh, was a Buffalo Sabres draft choice, came to the University of Alberta, and then went from the U of A, won a national championship in 91-92 at the U of A on a team coached by Bill Morris. 
a team that featured Adam Morrison, who for my money was probably the best offensive player at the U of A uh, during all the years I've been watching them. And um, Ian went from the U of A in the next year. Uh, the Oilers signed him that summer. And the next year won a Calder Cup uh, in Cape Breton with the Cape Breton Oilers. A year later, he was in the NHL for Edmonton. Then he played uh, several years with the Detroit Vipers and then got an opportunity back in the NHL with both Tampa Bay and the New York Islanders. Ian ended up uh, coaching in the OHL for a while in the American League, first as an assistant to Kirk Meller and then the head coach of the Milwaukee Admirals before he left the AHL to take the head coaching job at the U of A in uh, 12-13. In 13-14, 14-15, the U of A won back-to-back national titles. Pete Shirelli and Todd McClellan hired him on the Oilers staff. He was there for three years. Uh, 15, 16, 16, 17, 17, 18. Serge Lajoie was the interim coach. He won a national title in 17, 18. Bears played in the national championship final in 2019. Luke Philp broke his ankle eight minutes into the game. Alberta lost to New Brunswick. Um, no championship in 1920. No championship in 2021 to play for. Uh, the Bears ended up in the final this year with Ian and lost in the championship final 5-4 in double overtime. So he's had a good run. It is 122. That was done completely without script, by the way. Uh, 122. And, you're, you're, does that surprise you, Derek? I mean, come on. Are you? It always does. You're an encyclopedia of knowledge. It always impresses me. Well, you know what? It's all, as many would say, useless, trivial information. You know that. Uh, two guys coming up that will verify that for everybody is Cam Moon and Brendan Escott. They're going to join us at 135 and 145. We got more summer songs. Uh, what do we got shaken with now? Where do you want to go? Let's go. Here we go. Chicago. Great song. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. One twenty-five in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Derek Scott, Brendan Escott with you. Was that B-52s? Is that who we were going with there? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Spec likes them, eh? Apparently. <laughs> I, I'm, I was never uh, the biggest B-52s fan. Not even Love Shack? Uh, everybody. Okay, sure. Good. Sure. <laughs> That's one. That, that works. There you go. 780-496-0063. I uh, do want to tell you, all season long, the Oilers Now Injury Report is presented by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled 
results. It's as simple. James H. Brown, they're the best when it comes to that very difficult and challenging end of that industry, and that's injury law. they got a lot of over 200 years' experience. Uh, again, you can text us at 780-496. We are getting, you know what song? Um, Mungo Jerry, Summertime. There has probably been 15 to 18 texts. 15 to 18 of the texts so far have come in for that song. Um Again, you can text us at 7804960063. Jerry wants to know, do you think there's any possibility of yes, a Poliarvi for Matthew Kachuk? Is that a legitimate, like, no. I, I, I don't see that as uh, being a feasible. <laughs> no. Yes, a Poliarvi. How exactly would that work? I mean, Matthew, no, that's not happening. Um, again, you can text us. It's a, there's no way the orders can make it work. He just said he didn't want to play in Calgary. He's not going to want Matthew Kachuk. You know, let's face it. Uh, you can text us at 7804960063. Mike from Calgary says, Bob, two pina coladas by Garth is a great summer song and totally unrelated to the show, but I know you're a Bo Jackson fan. Did you see that he covered the funeral costs for all the families and the Uvalde uh, school shooting class act? That one comes to us from Mike in Calgary. Yes. Bo Jackson, who for my money is the greatest athlete that ever lived. Okay. The most explosive running back we saw in NFL history. Former 1985 Heisman Trophy winner. Started Auburn for four years. Lit up Alabama as a freshman in 1982. This guy ran, he's the only running back in NFL history to have three uh, carries of 89 or more yards. As explosive as there was. He was an electrifying player. Oh, and he was an all-star caliber player in baseball, too, with the Kansas City Royals. Bo Jackson was such a good athlete, he came back after suffering a significant uh, hip injury that ended his NFL playing career and came back and played with an artificial hip. That's how good of an athlete he was. The story was, when he was at Auburn, Charles Barkley was there, and Charles Barkley said, Bo Stay out of the gym. I don't need to be the second best basketball player here. State decathlon champion. And yes, if you've not heard the story, uh, Bo Jackson ended up in Texas and made, he, uh, he and another individual made a $170,000 donation to pay for the funeral costs for the parents of the kids who uh, lost their lives in that shooting. So, uh, Bo, first class, unbelievable player. Love him. There you go. You can text us. 780-496-0063. Uh, Bob, Summertime by Seals and Croft. You're old enough to remember Seals and Croft, don't you? That one comes to us from Johnny Wishbone. It is 129 in Edmonton. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. And we got uh, two more guests to still go on today's show. Cam Moon and Brendan S. Scott. You're listening to Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.